everyone and welcome to episode four of the Horror Friendly Podcast. Woo. My name is Katie and I am joined, as always, by my two lovely co-hosts, Charlie and Chantel. Hi guys. Hey. You say as always. I know, we missed episode, you. She's back. The bitch is back. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's back in town. Dad, Daddy's back. Guess who's back? Back, back, back again. <laughs> well, she's come back for an extremely special episode because we've had quite a few special episodes recently. I think season three has just started off. We've had two birthdays, we've had a Christmas episode, and now we have our anniversary episode, lads. Hell yeah. Congratulations. Yes. One fucking year. We, we survived. <laughs> we survived so far. How, how do you feel on this beautiful occasion that we are a year into our podcast? I just want to thank my, I just want to thank my mum, my dad, <laughs> my daughter, my two friends, oh my other friends. You're not getting an award, we just made it a year. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to do like a Gwyneth Paltrow, like Oscar style. <laughs> Halle Berry. <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to go for it, mate. Like this is my moment to shine. Like, tell, yeah. tell how do you feel are you are you emotional yeah let's go with emotional uh it's a bit weird to be fair it feels like we've been doing it for ages but this is yes dragged didn't it <laughs> yeah fucking hell no, is this say. it is season three our, 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 our closing uh season <gasps> yeah we're we done. just had to get to a year and we were like right we'll call it quits now but i mean this is technically my second longest relationship so <laughs> 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 but in all seriousness we do want to thank everyone even if you if you started with us from the beginning if you're just joining us now we want to thank you very much for supporting us for listening to our bullshit and we hope you can continue listening for many more episodes and seasons to come if we don't kill each other then we will carry on <laughs> that's right that's why it's done at a distance yeah yeah we do have to apologize as well because uh i'm gonna keep coughing this episode katie i think you were slightly ill last episode yeah <laughs> so, so i do have COVID. to apologize it's not the covid <laughs> no and luckily <laughs> thank fuck i didn't get the covid but i was really coldy so i do apologize if you had to hear sniffing in your earlobes <laughs> a lot of the time of black christmas it was coming out on sinister and it just it just turned up in full force of black christmas so but it's now tell's turn so <laughs> yeah i'm just recovering from new year's let's uh <laughs> it's definitely not an illness <laughs> sure hardcore sure. hardcore <laughs> the killer he's here we're right here I wouldn't do that if I were you. You really want to trust your boyfriend? Don't you know history repeats itself? Hmm. So tell, on this very special episode, would you like to introduce the film that we are covering this week? Of course. So in honour of our one year anniversary, we decided to go back to the film we did for our first episode, which was Scream. And there is also a new Scream coming out very soon. But we decided to do Scream 2, released in 1997 and directed by Wes Craven. 
Two years after the first series of murders, as Sydney acclimates to college life, someone donning the ghost face costume begins a new string of killings. Charlie, first thoughts. First thoughts. Uh, yeah, it was all right. I liked the way that it tied into the first scream, but at the same time, also disliked the way that it tied into the first scream. There's like things that I liked, some things that I didn't like, and then, but I guess that was a point of the plot. It was meant to be like a copycat, finish the job sort of murder. Um, but yeah, I mean, better than what I thought a sequel would be. But I mean, they're debating it the whole way through. Empire Strikes Back. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think sequels sometimes just aren't as good as the OGs. And I think this is the case here. That is kind of funny because they say that during the film as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they know it won't be as good. It's quite funny. Mm. Mm. Katie, what about you? Yeah, I love this film. I love the all these films. So, yeah, they're great. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not as good as the first one. I mean, all the screen films are so self-aware. And mm. um, I love how self-aware it is. Like, they talk about it being a sequel they talk about sequels they even say in the film that they're not as good so I think it really knows what it's about and um, doesn't take itself too seriously but I still think it really has that the horror elements that you enjoy like I found this one to be a lot gorier um, and the higher kill count which is obviously what what Randy says in the film but yeah no I really like it there's to me there's like not much not to like about it really and it's just a really fun film what about you tell yeah I think it's yeah, pretty much everything you said, really. Like, it does carry on from the other one, but it obviously is, like, a bit satire, takes a bit out of itself. Um, I do like that they got, like, most of the original cast back. I think that obviously definitely, like, helps, obviously, continue it. Um, and again, the, they did it again at the beginning where, well, we'll get to that, where they kind of follow the same recipe, where it was like, ah, oh, going to make you think it's about these people and then run away with something back to Sydney, so... Um, I like that, yeah, it kind of followed the same recipe. But, yeah, there were some things I think could have, we wouldn't have missed them if they weren't in there. But again, we'll come yeah. to those. We'll come to those. <laughs> oh, exciting. Mm. But, yeah, as you mentioned at the beginning, Tell, I do like in the screen films how there's always a side, well, like a story at the beginning which has no relevance to, well, the cast don't have any relevance to the film at all. It's just a completely different group of people which I really like I'm not saying that Casey Becker in the first one she like obviously was a high school friend but you know you know what I mean yeah. but yeah it's Jada Pinkett in the uh going to with her boyfriend to go and see the stab movie could you go to the cinema if it was like that like no. everyone in costume shout at the screen flashy lights like I was just watching I love it. I, it depends on the film I think this thing I, I've been to a film where it has been like that but it was like an anniversary edition. I'm not going to tell you what it is because you already know what it is. But everyone dressed up as like widow, uh, widows, wizards, hobbits, orcs. Like, did you did you dress up? Yes, obviously. How like, do I not know about what, this? What did you dress up as? I dressed up as an elf. How I've never. I want the photo evidence. I'm going to try and find a photo. It was, yeah. it must have been about 10 years ago because it was a 10 year anniversary. Oh. So, yeah. Nice. I think I would do it for like a musical or something. Like, I don't know with a horror if I could deal with everyone being in masks. 
saying that i'm going to a pantomime soon yeah fine and now i'm thinking do i dress up as one of the ugly sisters from cinderella but that's that's a cinderella mate (laughs) cinderella can't the kid always got to go is that doesn't she you could have like cinderella in rags and cinderella at the ball you could both be cinderella just in different costumes what, dress her up in rags and I'll go in a big full-on <laughs> ball dress? I mean, I thought she might. I'll get my prom dress out. <laughs> yeah, why not? She won't, yeah, she won't fit in the prom dress. It'll be too big for you at the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, it'd be too small for me as well, so. Yeah. God, I remember <laughs> your race. prom dress. You yeah. Fit in it. <laughs> yeah, your prom dress was extra. It's huge, yeah. Cinderella <laughs> um, waiting. <laughs> but yeah, I think if I went to horror and everyone was in masks, I would just be thinking this is going to happen. Well, there's um, a thing that uh, my brother goes to a lot called Secret Cinema, mm. which is where a film gets picked and then you get you have to dress up. And yeah, you both know the stitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. And like people quote the films and they shout out. So I think it's I don't know, maybe maybe not back then it was as common, but mm. it definitely is now. And I guess it was such a thing when they were like in the film, when they were watching Stab, because like it happened near them. It was like, I guess this bit was based in Woodsboro as well. So it's based off of Sydney Prescott and like maybe like people are weird, aren't they? They're like interested in that sort of shit. So and, you know, the film's been made about them. And yeah, it's just it's obviously something that like their teenagers are just absolutely loving it. So yeah. I guess it's just how it is. <laughs> and then... so they're on like a date, aren't they? Um, and then she gets a bit scared, a bit anxious. So she goes to get some popcorn and drink, some buttered popcorn, which I've never heard of. But... Un- unbuttered. Well, I've never even heard of buttered popcorn, so I'm like, what? To be fair, I only know of it from, like, The Simpsons when they do, like, go to the cinema shit and always get butter. I was going to say, what's yeah. butter and popcorn taste like? But like, think, it... think, what's one of the biggest popcorn brands? It's Butterkist. Yeah, but it's toffee, isn't it? You get different flavours. Butterkist, if you want to sponsor us. Yes, up. Send us all the fucking popcorn. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, personally, I'm more of a Metcalf's uh, sweet and salty. Oh, you're one of those posh ones. Are Anyone want to yes. send us some fucking popcorn? I will eat it. I fucking love some popcorn. <laughs> That's normally my uh, pod snack. Is why you can always hear me munching on fucking popcorn while we're recording. <laughs> when Katie comes round to watch like movies with me, she's always got popcorn. <laughs> we normally have a little bit, bit of popcorn and. I'll make a stir fry and she'll bring the popcorn. It has lovely. to be done. It's a lovely evening. <laughs> <laughs> Do you shout at the screen dressed up in costumes? Charlie normally walks away in that. I was going to say it's normally me <laughs> pacing up and down. <laughs> I was doing that a lot. Or her legs this. going. <laughs> <laughs> I might have a slight anxiety issue. Let's not discuss that though. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not going to discuss that. Um, I was gonna say, however, I did get up and have to pause this movie many times. And I was messaging with my mate for the whole way through, and I was like, I've had to pause it again. This two hour movie took me three and a half hours to watch. It was intense. Well, because you found it that scared. Yeah, I was just so anxious. I am so confused about what you find scary. I was triggered. No, just this 
this for me would be like a pizza party film. It would be like throw it on. Let the like if I had teenage kids who were like twelve. Okay, twelve is a teenager, but like I'd be like, this is a perfectly fine film to watch. Like it's not that scary. Whereas like Sinister, which I'm like, that will give you nightmares. Charlie's like, yeah, breezy, not a problem. And then this Sinister, I've still got no problems with it. I just don't get it. I don't get what scares you and what doesn't. I'm like completely not. Don't get you. I don't understand (laughs) you. This is why you hate horror, because everyone who's like, this is an easy introduction film, you fucking hate and you're terrified of. Whereas if everyone had just gone, he's the worst fucking movie you can watch, you'd have been like, all right, horror's okay. Like, I don't well, get it. <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that, because someone, like, I was looking at, like, what is the worst horror movie to watch? And it, it like, numerous times at the kind of um, Cannibal Holocaust. And I was just like... I'll listen to a few podcasts about it because if it is scary, but then it's it sounds like it's more like horrible than scary. That yeah. makes sense. And like uh, horrible, yeah, it's not, it's I can scary. deal with. Yeah, horrible, I can deal with. Scary, like anything where someone's going to jump out at me. No, it just mm-hmm. has. It has the that film has every single one of your triggers in it. So. <laughs> that's Excellent. why we need to be a bit careful maybe not maybe oh not yes, yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just i'm ready for it <laughs> no you're not <laughs> i can't I can, even handle I can scream that for you i can't even handle scream and here i am yeah i can take it on so anyway we didn't we didn't <laughs> say the name of these characters as well they're called maureen and phil and maureen is the same name as sydney's mum which i thought mm. was kind of weird but yeah, as Charlie says, she gets a bit spooked, goes and gets popcorn. And then he leaves. He goes for a wee. Yeah, and thinks there's something freaky, freaky going on in the toilets next to him. So he goes and has a has a listen. But it was the incorrect decision for him to use a restroom because he gets stabbed in the Spotted. head. Ear. Yeah. Ear. Yeah, like head. through his ear, which is like, how? how? It's savage, isn't it? How did they just yeah. happen to get straight through his ear when they couldn't see? You can, it can work out. You and are. also, if there's a toilet there, you can work it out. If someone's like that, like yeah, yeah, hello? yeah, because you see their, like you can see their shadow from like, underneath. <laughs> yeah, but you're not like the chances of getting their ear. <laughs> yeah, because like the toilet's there, you see their feet <laughs> like leaning. You can like work out that they're leaning there. And then you just got to go slot, slot. He probably didn't mean to get his ear, but he knew it'd get his head. <laughs> so, Ghostface, which I think this is, I like how like playful Ghostface can be sometimes. <laughs> this is such a troll just to like wear the boyfriend's, like to think I'm going to wear the boyfriend's jacket sit next to her. Yeah. Be fucking funny. Just kind of sits there for a bit. And I think Maureen speaks to him for a bit and then stabs her. <laughs> like, she saw sort of, this. Maureen's an interesting character because she's we know she's nervous about the film but when she's in there on her own she's like shouting at the screen and she's like really common sense she knows like the laws of horrors but then as soon as he's back she's like oh no I can't watch and turns away so I did get a bit confused by her and then unfortunately she's basically like me (laughs) basically like Charlie if we're not around she's screaming at the telly as soon as we're around she's like I don't like it (laughs) I think I hype myself up too much around other people and that but she might just be the same but like if I'm watching something I'm like fucking run or something 
I mean, yesterday was a bit different, but like on a whole, I'll sort of give it large up the TV. It's hard as well, because if someone else is there, you're like, oh, they can watch and tell me like what I've missed. Whereas if yeah. you're on your own, you have to watch it and then you just get yeah. angry. <laughs> yeah. Um, angry or anxious, I... there is no in between. No. <laughs> but I do like this bit because she gets up and everyone is just like, nah, she's just playing. And there's something really like tragic about that, that no one took her seriously. And then just, she just gets up on the screen and everyone, everyone does start to, it's so rowdy in there, but people do start to quieten down a bit. And they're like, wait, what is this? Because obviously she's like clutching at her chest. She's got blood everywhere. And then obviously like falls to her knees and and dies. But I think for a lot of it, they aren't, they just think that she's acting. Like it's just part of the fun, you know, of stab coming out. Yeah. Well, this is it because they were like everyone was in costume and you know all the extra effects they'd done. Like it wouldn't you wouldn't put them past them to put an actor in the in the audience. Well, there was like no. one person who did look down at their hands and obviously she'd move past them and there was blood on them. And I think they gave like a second look, didn't they? Like what the fuck? Yeah. And you did see like when she was up on the stage, people started taking off their masks. Um, yeah. But how scary! You've just been stabbed by this person. You're dying, and you're looking out on a sea of that fucking face, like and yeah. you don't know which one killed you. Like that's terrifying. Mm. But yeah, and then credits of Scream Two come up, I believe. And yeah, it's a good start. <laughs> it's a solid start. And we get taken to Windsor College, where we are reunited with Sydney Prescott with her black bob. She rocking a long bob. Would you say? Yeah. Uh, no, just a bob. Is it a bob? Just a bob. Oh, I thought it was I thought it was a long bob. A, a lob would be like short plus. Okay, yeah, it was <laughs> it was a bit shorter than that. Um, <laughs> um and she is with her new bestie, Tatum's replacement, Haley. Oh, um, Tatum. and she's got a new boy from the scene who's a bit of an upgrade from Billy. He's still a bit of a I don't know, I didn't warm to him. What Derek? Yeah, Derek. but I, I don't know if it's just because you're like, I like you just refuse to trust Sydney's boyfriends. But I don't know. I just didn't really warm to him. Yeah, I think you 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 start the like a screen film after you've watched the first, and you're just like, okay, I know how this goes. So yeah. <laughs> the boyfriend, the best friend's gonna die. The boyfriend's done it. Like you, you think that you know <laughs> what's gonna happen. Um, but yeah, I quite like Derek. I didn't mind it. But then I quite like Billy. Like, he was a really good character. <laughs> like, he was, he was an awful person, but he was a good horror character. So, uh, who knows? But that's the thing. Billy, yeah, Billy was a good character because he was, like, creepy. Derek's just yeah, kind of, like, not a person. cringy. <laughs> and I was like, eh. Yeah. Derek makes a lot of interesting choices. <laughs> that's one word for it. <laughs> Which we'll get to. <laughs> yeah, so then we also have Randy. So, Randy has followed Sydney, I think, to um, this college and Derek's bestie Mickey and we also introduced around this point as well because of the deaths a local journalist on the scene called Debbie Salt who will be a bit more important towards the end of the film no the only I I quite like obviously we know Sydney's back and uh the phone machine thing where it's like straight away she's got the caller ID and I just love it because it's her like I'm dealing with it no one's going to fucking push me around. And I just, I quite like her attitude she's come back with. No, it's great. And like, you, yeah, and the, the prank call as well was really like good. <laughs> she's just like, I know who the fuck you are. Yes, <laughs> calls him out, says his name, clip, uh, quotes the law. And I'm like, mate, she ain't fucking about. Like, 
no but then like if she if you'd been through what she's been through like you just fucking would wouldn't you i i don't know how she's still in the same country like if i'd been through this in my hometown sorry i'm leaving like i'm leaving the country not just the city like i don't know how she does it i mean i'm i mean it's a film and it's a sequel so we kind of need her there but (laughs) i'm gone i've left the country i've changed my name fuck it like i don't know how they do it i really don't and can you believe she's in another three of these films? <laughs> Fuck, woman, just go into witness protection and leave the country. Come to England. We'll look after you. We might. We've got some psychos over here as well. <laughs> oh, and we also see Fuckface on the TV. Cotton. Yes, thank you. Cotton, I know. Well, because he's been found not guilty, obviously, with Billy and Stu in the previous film. Mm. were found obviously guilty of uh, Maureen Prescott's murder so that was all cleared up so Cotton was obviously let free but he doesn't help himself he's still weird as fuck like we'll obviously go into it later but he still it still isn't enough for him to just be an innocent man he needs more he wants the fame he wants I understand that he was wrongly accused but he doesn't handle things the right way no, I kind of get his side and I kind of get that, you know, he wants the quick cash as well because he's obviously just come out with nothing. And I do kind of see his side, but yeah. And also he's just been in prison for two years. His social skills aren't great, <laughs> but it was only two years. It wasn't like 20. Chilled shit out, dude. <laughs> it's only two years. Oh, well, no, but compared to like, he was obviously meant to be in there for life. So actually the fact he's got out. Yeah. But they're all fucking in this film right at the beginning. You've got obviously Cotton, you've got Sydney, um, Randy, and Dewey comes back. Love Dewey. And he's got a bit of a weird walk because he was shot. And his hand, he's like, all his nerves are fucked up. Bless him. Although I love love that when he sees um, Sydney, she comes like running over. Because it is like, he, he was always just the awkward big brother in the first one, but now it's actually- It's very sweet. It is sweet, and he obviously looks out for her. And I do like that relationship. Actually, it's nice. Like especially because like Tatum was his sister and stuff, so they kind of have that joint loss as well, which I think is quite yeah, it's quite yeah, sweet. I think it's really nice. Uh, so Gail Weathers comes back, and Charlie. The question on everyone's lips is, what did you make of her hair this on this film? Nice streaks. Um. <laughs> I have to say it is ahead of its time, actually. Um, so the chunky streaks aren't really seen until really early 2000s. And this is obviously a 97 movie. So Courtney Cox, fucking nailing it on the head, getting in there beforehand. Also, I do love, there was like little reference as well to Jennifer Aniston as, uh, Aniston as well, wasn't there, with the body, with her nudes being leaked. Oh, and I yeah. was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Self awareness of this movie, yeah. They got they got yeah. David Schwimmer in there as well. Did they? A bit later on, they get him in there as well. What he's he's in the movie or a reference? No, he's referenced when they uh, they see Stab on the TV, and one of them's complaining about the actor that plays him. Uh, but then he's like, "Hey, at least you got David Schwimmer to play you." Uh, so apparently, Dewey Dewey was played by David Schwimmer. So they get them all in there slowly. Okay, okay. I mean, I imagine it was quite easy for Courtney Cox to ask permission if they could use their names. 
yeah charlie what what were your thoughts on gail's hair from episode one uh, episode one well yeah episode one of season one <laughs> so what, what were your thoughts on screen one screen two i'm i'm just going to bring up a quick picture quickly because obviously we remember the iconic green suit i mean mm. all of us pulled that off i'm looking now she's actually got the same hairstyle it's just in a different color personally i prefer the darkener me too yeah, I'm not I, a fan I, of Courtney Cox blonde or yeah, orange. Orange. I quite like the red. Like I, I know it's chunky and I think it like it should be more subtle, but I do quite like it. <laughs> I've just remembered literally, uh, it must have been the day before I did uh, well, see, saw this movie. I did someone's hair at work and it was red and black. And now it's like all coming back to me. I'm like, oh my god. And it was like chunky red <laughs> that I put in it as well. Yeah. They asked for it, by the way. I didn't just give them a Courtney Cox makeover. And I hadn't seen the movie last time. But yeah. Oh my God. It's all coming <laughs> back to me now. It's a bloody pain in the bum to do as well. So we're saying so far, this is probably her best hairdo. This is best hairdo. Not as strong as the Luminous Green suit, though. That was a chef kiss. Well, I just oh. love that first outfit. I use a yeah, black suit. dress or whatever it was. Yeah, the yeah, mini. suit, isn't it? Hmm. It's like a yeah, like a mini and like the blazer, and it just oh, it yeah. looks so good. Yeah, she did look good. I, I'm I'm now going on to Google <laughs> the screen to a sunball. <laughs> She's just in like a, a round neck white shirt most. No, of it. that's how she ends. <gasps> oh no, she's got a, a black net on. Yeah, oh, yes. that one. Yeah. Oh yes. Girl. Yeah, it's like a. Slaying. It's not a blazer because doesn't got any sleeves, but yeah, that one. <laughs> There's a net blazer suit skirt. I'm yeah, gonna yeah. say it's great. I mean, as powerful as that luminous green neon one look is, I'm gonna go for screen two. She is slaying it. I say for um next Halloween or the Halloween after, we should go as different versions of Girl Weathers. <laughs> <laughs> dibs on the black suit. Not free. <laughs> yes, dibs on the Who's well, but I've looked at it, there's a dodgy fringe coming up, so I'm guessing that's gonna have fun, Charlie. <laughs> Excellent. Do I have to commit and cut it myself, or can I have a wig? I mean, to be honest, if me um... or Katie cut our own hair, we'd probably end up with that fucking fringe. <laughs> Excellent. I'll let one of you go for that one. No, I think you should do it professionally because then it will have more hope of growing out rather than us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we are we do meet Gail again, um, which yeah, I mean, we're pretty happy about that. We all were a big fan of Gail from Scream 1, so. I, I was surprised she isn't as much of a bitch in this one as what she is in the first one. Her character arc, it's progression. Yes. Well, yes. At the, yeah, that is true. Although at the beginning, she does try and, like, force Sydney and Cotton yes. together, which yes. is a bit, is not great, is it? But No. I completely forgot about his character. Yeah. Cotton's uh he's a he's a big character in this. Mm. Then later we see Sydney and Haley go to a party at a sorority house. Um, where this brings back a couple of memories for Black Christmas Tale, seeing as we were talking about sororities and that they were a bit weird. This uh, is what, <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm saying. We've got sororities, we've got dodgy phone calls. This is just Black Christmas, but <laughs> like modern day. It is. I wonder if that's where Scream got a lot of its influence, to be fair. And then near, I think it's like a sorority house nearby, Ghostface kills Sarah Michelle Geller, otherwise known as Cece Cooper. 
Sarah Gellin as Daphne from Scooby Doo, uh, also known as Guys, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> oh yeah, Buffy. But I did yeah. like the fact that Matthew Lillard as well, obviously from Screen One, and now we've got fucking Daphne. Like I know Room the Two, whole Scooby cast. Which one is going to be in the next one? That's all I want to know. Also. This, um, I'm not sure when this comes up. Sorry, I'm a bit all over the place. But Matthew Lillard also makes an appearance in this film. He plays an extra because obviously, like, he can't play Stu, but he's someone in the background. He plays like a little party goer in the background. I do remember hearing about this because he was like at the set on the day, and they were like, "Do you want to play an extra?" And I was like, "That's fucking brilliant!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we didn't mention this. So, um, just before Sarah Michelle, Michelle. Sarah Michelle Geller um, dies, unfortunately. CC. They have this little debate in um, in the class with her and Randy, and they talk about films. And from what we were talking about at the beginning, they talk about sequels and if they're shit and the rules and all of this sort of stuff. So it's very scream esque, almost like right at the beginning. I, I do love the way when they ask him, like when he's walking up, Bill, what would you change then? He's like, nerd gets the girl. And I was like, oh my God, are they going to end up together? Like, what's going to happen? Like, I hope for Randy. He is basically UK, yeah. though. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but I'll take it as well. You just need some sideburns and a little goatee going on. <laughs> there you I've there. nearly got that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Cece dies. Sarah Michelle Geller didn't have a very long screen time in Scream 2. But who cares? doing she's... what they did with... Um... What's her name? The blonde one from the movie before Drew Barrymore, where like they put a name on the poster, then obviously like dies pretty much straight away again. Because obviously Buffy was massive in the nineties. Well, that's what they did with um, did Jada Pinkett Smith in the beginning. Like yeah. she's on the poster, and she was yeah. literally only in the cinema scene. Um, but yeah, all all the party, all the party people leave, and Ghostface comes into the house and attacks our girl Sydney and we get the first confrontation between Ghostface and Sydney again which is pretty cool but then Derek comes to save the day and then it's like oh why is Derek here hmm we can't trust the boys because he yeah he gets attacked like behind a closed door so it's like well that's Mm. obviously suspicious and that's what uh Dewey keeps saying is like nobody saw you and he conveniently only cut you and you didn't catch him and he he only managed to cut you where you wouldn't ble- like was no nerves and anything. Like it does look suspicious as shit. Mm. Super suspicious. So yeah. So as you say, tell Dewey gets a bit more sort of skeptical about Derek. Um, but Derek does get injured. And Gail starts to come up with the theory that the students, because we find out that Cece's real name was Casey. They start to find out that there could be some sort of pattern from the first film. And Randy, at this point, is also trying to explain the rules to Dewey, which I love. Just because it's like, <laughs> just like, Dewey's just like, what the fuck is this? Like, explain to me. <laughs> and he's like, well, that would make me a suspect. So let's not go there. He's like, no, no, let's stay with that. <laughs> like, so while Sydney's being followed by her lovely FBI agents or police officers, I think they're just detectives just detectives as if I could do any better um, being followed by her detectives um she says to Derek like stay away from me like and again at this point 
she is probably a bit uneasy, but she's probably feeling a lot of guilt because, like, obviously anyone who's near to her seems to die. And then, yeah, and then they're all chatting in the canteen. She comes over and then he just starts to serenade her and he puts his I Greek think I love you. No. Would you like that, Katie? You look very into that. No, but Katie I love a bit of High School Musical. I do. But I just love that it's in this film. Just it's just this film is just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's weird. It's weird as fuck, isn't it? Like it doesn't really flow with the film at all. It's no. weird. Did it like restore your faith in Derek? Did you think like, nah, he definitely didn't do it? Or are you more like, nah, I think he's more of a suspect now? I think this actually just convinced me that he was go for go- this played goat into face. the argument that he was goat face. No, this played into the <laughs> argument for me that he was ghost face because he's almost trying too hard to convince Sydney to keep him close. That actually, rather than being like a being like, do you know what? I understand you need your space. I am here for you and doing the nice guy thing or like a good guy thing. Instead, he's like, I'm gonna serenade you and be as cringy as fucking possible and go over the top and beyond and do all this weird shit so that you're like, oh definitely can't be him because why would a killer serenade me but like if a killer's willing to kill you like they'll do a lot of other shit exactly they'll do anything to get close so if anything it just made me think he was the killer more Mm. okay okay yeah yeah he gives her his greek letters yeah which is and she kind of falls for that like she likes that shit yeah to be fair she's been through a lot like it's probably nice to have someone treat you like that but I just love that when they do the wide shot you can see everyone like clapping along and dancing along because it's the friend that's fucking being like yeah everyone come on Mickey Mickey thank you and then the two detectives are just like for fuck's sake <laughs> it's like sat there refusing <laughs> like, you imagine yeah. being a detective your job like literally to bodyguard someone your day would be so boring <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think I was a bit ahead of myself earlier when I was talking about um, Randy explaining the rules to Dewey, but that does happen <laughs> around this time. T- uh, timelines are a bit fucked up this, uh, this episode. But yeah, so this is the point where they're on the campus lawn and they're all, well, three of them are sort of chatting about who could potentially be the killer. And Randy is obviously useful in this sort of situation because one, he's been through it and two, he's like the expert, like mm. he knows fucking so much so they obviously going to get him involved i do actually like where they're like you got to keep him talking on the phone and he just starts spewing about loads of different horrors like he's just like this is this is my knowledge <laughs> he's like oh you'll never get the girl and randy's like fuck you <laughs> oh touch the nerve <laughs> yeah i think he did but Oh, yeah, and they're like running around just harassing every straight white male. They're like, you, you have a phone and just attacking them. But I would, yeah, I do quite like that scene because it is like, I can imagine if you are like, a war- like you think you're being watched, that would be me. Just like, I say it would be me. Only if I had like several people backing me up, not running around Basically on my own. Basically me and Katie. Yeah, if it was the three of us in a park and someone was on the phone and it was like, ah, oh, who could it be? The other two of us would be running around like, get off your fucking phone. Who are you on the phone with? Because you that's like the logical way to do it and find out who it is. Thing is, if that was nowadays, like what, what were you like 25 years later, 23 years later, hmm. um, 24 years later even, my maths is shocking today. Everyone has a phone. We'd be absolutely fucked. Yeah. 
we're getting slotted, mate. We ain't surviving. No, not even our good looks could get us out of this one. I know. And they are powerful. They really are. Kill a man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as, as Tell was saying, Randy keeps this guy talking, talks about horror films and ghost faces, slagging him off. And Gail and Dewey are obviously looking around the campus. And then this is the moment, guys, where Ghostface pulls Randy into Gail's van. And you hear, well, you see the van move while some youths are walking <laughs> past, playing Cottonmouth King, um, literally just walking past. And yeah, the van is, is rattling. And Gail opens it and sees that Randy is dead in the van. So what I'm really interested, what did you guys think? So have had tell, have you seen this before? Have you seen Scream 2 before? Do you know what? I thought I had, but none of it was familiar. So I'm gonna say I hadn't. Like I think okay. somehow I missed it. Um So I... what did you think of him dying? Did you think it was good? Did you think it was not needed, necessary? I think it was good. I think um not no, I don't like the fact he died. We love Randy and he is our male Katie. Um, I think the way they did it was very good. I think I am gutted. Like, why would you have like why would he get that close to a van and put his back to it? Like, I'm like, no, Randy, you know the rules. Don't go on your own with your back to anything. Um, <laughs> so like I'm a bit gutted that they got him that way. But I love the way they film it. I love the fact they break the windows where everything's a little bit skew if and it kind of like throws off your view. And then how they do a lot of it through like the mirror. I think that's really cool. Um, and it is quite gory. You just kind of see the blood go everywhere. But again, it's like, I feel like he was cheated because of the people walking around with like the big boom box. Like it was a kill in the middle of the day with like loads of people nearby. Had they not had that music playing, someone would have heard him. So I feel, feel like it was such an easy, just like, oh, just walk pe get people to walk past with like loud music. Um, but yeah, I think the way it was done was really good. Um I think it set us up because there's obviously that cameraman that Gail is, well, has somehow got on board. And obviously he goes off to get food or whatever. He comes up with the Dunkin' Donuts. Nice uh, yes. endorsement there. Um, and then I'm thinking, has it got to be sensitive with him? And then this is where it sort of clicked in my mind with, I sent you guys voice messages, that it was going to be either one of the boys in like the friend group or it's going to be a reporter. Because I was like, it's got to be someone reporterish, and I was like, "Oh, could it be the cameraman?" But I'm like, "Nah, like he's there." But I do love the faces when they open up the fan, like the pure disgust. And it's like, did they give like Randy a proper, like, real gruesome death then? Like in those short minutes, like I think at this point as well, like you see, you start to see the change in Gail. Yeah, she's like she's realizing how close it is. She's already lost a cameraman, but she didn't really care about him, and now it's like actually she could lose. Uh, well, she's lost Randy now, and it's getting a lot, lot closer. Um, yeah. But as you say, like they did, they did line it up that it was suspicious that it could have been the cameraman. Um, mm. But they did, they did kind of try and keep you guessing. So. Yeah, yeah, and I like that. They, it wasn't like the other one where it was like, "Who the actual fuck is it?" This one, that they are like leading you with like particular like characters that might seem a bit odd, and obviously because it's based on the. Uh, sort of mimicking the first one how they sort of play off that as well like oh is it the boys because they did it before yeah and then for me the, the report or what's the name salt or whatever it is like she kept coming up so many times <laughs> i was like oh she's got to be suspicious and I'm like the way that courtney was like treating her and 
I was like, mm-mm, something's wrong with you. But yeah, like it was nice to have like so many different suspects. And because we'd already seen the first one, it was nice to try and see whether they do something a bit different or just try and work out what what the plot, where the plot was going to go, really. Yeah. So I, I quite liked that, that Randy died because I thought it was, I thought it was like sad because he was such a good character. But such a good character. I know. But I thought it was quite a clever move because it just showed that no one was safe. Yeah. And um, like even like one of the biggest sort of characters in Scream and most like lovable ones has died. I quite like that because it just took a bit of a risk. And although like loads of people hated it, I think it paid off because it just showed that like, oh, wow, anyone could be killed off in this film. It's not just the yeah. random sort of like extras that can get killed off. It's people like massive characters like Randy as well. Um, but yeah, I do agree. I think there were a lot of suspects in this one, which I thought it was quite good. I was going to say, I think as well, because it, it was like he escaped last time by fluke. And it, it kind of gives me that Final Destination sort of vibes where like it comes back to try and get the next one or like anyone who escaped. And I quite like that. Um, yeah. But I was gutted that he died. Like I did really like his character. And like, mm. obviously... I hadn't seen Scream before, but I could resonate him with you. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, Katie's died. <laughs> that was my initial, just like thought in my head was, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no, 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 no. Oh, that's no. it. Gonna make a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I also really like the fact that um, Dewey and Oh, I can't remember her name, Courtney Cox, whatever it is. And Gail. Gail, Gail Weathers, that's it. I do love the fact that they're sort of arguing, but like, I don't know how to sort of, like flirty arguing. Sexual tension. Yeah, some tension <laughs> between the two. Um, and I love that. And we can really start to see it within this scene. Like maybe it isn't as bad as what they're making out. And it's just, yeah, I like it. So after we've... They've seen Randy's body. Uh, the cameraman quits. And actually, like, he'd already made a comment earlier of, like, any rational person would run away. So he really didn't want to be there. He was the only, like, rational person in this whole film. <laughs> As we said, why are any of them there? But, you know. Um, and he dumps his camera and all the all the videotapes that he's recorded so far. Gail's looking a bit like, fuck, what am I going to do? But I don't really think she cares at this point as well, because she's not been, like, reporting news this whole time. Not in the way she normally would, but I suppose if he was capturing the footage, it would have been, she could have done it later. Uh, and then she's talking yeah. to Thingamajig. She's talking to Dewey. Then it sort of clicks in her head that actually, if he was watching them running around the lawn, he's what, like whoever the killer is, is watching them. And they've got video footage of everything they've been doing. So they start running around the school trying to find a VCR. Meanwhile, Sydney is being taken back to her dorm to grab some stuff. Oh, crap, because she got threatened in the library. She's been being threatened everywhere. That's not lie. Like, like she's not I know, safe. I know Sydney's like the main character, but actually in this one, it does feel a bit like she's the side character and Gail and Dewey are the main characters. Mm. So her side yeah. character line, <laughs> she got threatened in the library. And then the two cops that were with her told her to wait here and put her next to an open archway so that Cotton could sneak up behind her because that's fucking logical. Honestly, like, what? 
wait here so I can't see you when you disappear. Um, but anywho, he turns up. Yeah, Colin really doesn't help himself. He like, really doesn't. It's like we were saying earlier, like, he's an innocent man, and that's great, but he doesn't help himself with, <laughs> like, trying to prove himself as a good person. Because he he's just so desperate for this interview. Yeah. He yeah, because I think it. that's when I messaged you, like, I was like, nah, nah, he's one of the killers. I was like, there's got to be two if it's mimicking itself. But I'm like, he's one of the killers, and then the other one's the news reporter lady. That's the other thing with Scream is because you're like, there's going to be two. You're always, you're looking for like pairs of people as well. You're like, who's it going to mm. be? So yeah, he gets himself and then he gets arrested for shouting in a library, uh, which I do kind of like that he takes the piss, but it is like, dude, there's four murders and you're threatening like the final girl. So, but yeah, so they decide to take Sydney back to her dorm. They're going to pack up some bags and she's getting moved uh, I don't know if she's just going to like a safe house or if she's going into witness protection at this yeah. point. And then we have Gail and Dewey managed to find a, uh, a VCR, a TV with a video player, I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> and they start watching the tapes. And as Charlie said, all the sexual tension is there, like watching each other, like, oh, you're cute when you're mad. And then grabbing boobs Boob and grab. laying on tables. <laughs> but at this point I was like but what if you are what if this is the footage you need and you're like making out on the table and not looking at the screen well they keep looking <laughs> up every now and again don't they but then but that's no. when they see that's not their footage it's not their footage which means and someone's then... which again makes the cameraman look even more guilty yes which right? is what so, I was thinking and then again. it cuts to a live of them in the auditorium Ooh, which okay. fuck that would you recognise yourself from the back, do you think, if you suddenly saw it? Oh, God, I'd be like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I, I generally don't know if it would Put take me a out. minute. It would take me a minute to be like, is that, who's that? <laughs> Could you never see yourself from the back? I'd be okay if, it, if I was wearing like a, a top that sort of showed my tattoos or something. Like, yeah. a, like a vest top or something. True, you'd be all right. I'd it would, be okay. I think it depends you on who you're out. with. Yeah, but again, there's only like one one tattoo I'd need on show. Oh, well, two actually. But I'm not going to be wearing a bikini. I'm mean, like, yay! Uh, Dewey, let's go! Dewey, let's do this! I don't know. Uh, well, to be fair, you could be in just your bar by this point. Mm-hmm. You could be. There Maybe you go. Then I'd have, that. There you go. Then I'd have a couple of tattoos on display for recognisability. <laughs> but I suppose you might recognise the person you're with because you're more likely to have seen them from behind. So yeah. but anyway, you might not like what you see, but you'll be like, oh, it's me. Um, and <laughs> and then be like, oh, fuck, it's me. Yeah. Oh, shit. And then it's like ghost face. Yeah. Up in the projector room. Yes. Do we know? Don't chase him. Considering you can't <laughs> run. Definitely don't chase him. Like, I love him. <laughs> yeah. Bless him. I was going to say they go to the recording studio ish area. Yeah. Yeah, they go within the um, the sound cladding. Mm. So you can't hear anything in sound cladding because it sucks up sound. That's what it's there for, which is why they can't hear each other's footsteps and it sounds weird. It's a good place basically. to hide from a killer as long as you can see them. Well, they yeah, can see you, the thing. <laughs> They're sort of like going in, in, in and out of the cladding, aren't they? And then uh, 
oh this this i had to literally stop every few seconds because i was like oh my god they're going to catch them and then she somehow manages to get away and then she sees dewey and the the other side of the booth you can't hear her and then behind so she's had to barricade herself in to protect yeah. like, for her own protection while watching the guy she's finally admitted she likes gets stabbed. stabbed to death yeah. sounds ideal and then i was like <laughs> oh my god they've killed off two iconic met characters <sighs> but do they well we don't know this but by this point i was like fuck they've killed two iconic characters yeah, yeah. also a bit of fun trivia for you that i've just found out the uh, the outfit that Courtney Cox is wearing in the auditorium, she wears in season four, episode twenty through two of uh, Friends. Is she? Where she was oh, cool. Like literally down to the necklace and like braces oh, wow. and earrings. So she oh, was wow. obviously like cool. filming the same day, maybe. Or to be fair, if they That's were like very cool, getting her to do like swimmer shoutouts and stuff, maybe they were just like, yeah, fucking tie it together. Won't I have an Easter egg. Yeah, yeah. Or that, or she just had a very busy day. We're on the same um, same lot, filming lot. <laughs> yeah, same set. But on the other side, things aren't going too well for Sydney either. So they're in the car being moved, and the officers are making some very untasteful jokes about if we had to, te- yeah. if we told you where we were taking you, we'd have to kill you. It's like you, you literally, yeah, you literally realise they're being stalked by murderers, right? Not cool. And then some very weird sort of fuckery happens because this kind of annoys me because it's like it's one amateur killer up against two supposedly highly trained detectives and he smashes the window, slits one of their necks, throws himself over the roof of the car, pulls the other one out, smashes his head, throws him in front of the car on the bonnet, so throws the other one out of the car. Like, do you know, he's just very quick and then he starts driving and manages to impale the other one on a rod of some sort from building site and it's like how did you do that how did the detectives not like yeah have shit prepared and how were they not like ready for you and better to protect the girls maybe they kind of just thought like this is a bad situation overall like a lot of people are dying but right now nothing can really happen like we're on our way to police like they probably were just in a full sense of security yeah mm. But this scene is tense as fuck when they have to climb over Ghostface and the other dude. Oh. It's like, it's so tense. Actually can't imagine having to do that. It's the fact that like fucking Sydney does it and then her mate's like, no. It's like Sydney did it. Yeah. <laughs> Although I so expected her mate to get grabbed by Ghostface as he as she came over. Yeah, me too. I thought that when I first watched it. Yeah. It's like, no. But then I'm thinking because of what happens next, I was like, Ghostface like definitely knew what was happening. Like must have yeah. been awake. Must I reckon awake. he was just c- trying to calculate in like their mind, like what they were going to do mm. next. Like, but this is the thing because he knew he couldn't take on two of them together, but he could take on the detectives. <laughs> Sydney is like the ultimate goal, isn't she? So, yeah. But then they both get out and they supposedly escape. But then Sydney's like no, fuck this, I've been running long enough, I want to go and see who this person is. Again, like, I'm not running away again, I want to find out. 
I want to unmask this person. So she runs back, but they are not there. Which is like, oh my God. <laughs> it's funny. It's got that, um, I don't know if you, you know what I mean, but you know, like when you watch, again, The Final Destination and you know someone's about to get killed? Mm. It's got that camera angle where like, yeah. you know, someone's about to get run over or yeah. and it was like that with Hayley where you saw from a distance she was like what are you waiting for and then like Ghostface gets her yeah. but um I do love that little shot because it it's quite it, you sort of see it coming yeah yeah like it's so obvious what's about to happen it would have yeah. been yeah. actually it would have been better if they just hadn't because everyone would have been like but mm. that that was the setup <laughs> where was the kill <laughs> yeah <laughs> but would you not this again this kind of bugs me because it's just one of those really typical things but like You'd have taken the mask off when you first got out. And like, I know they'd already set off the alarm and they wanted to go, not the alarm, the horn. But also the detective on the bonnet had a gun. Get the gun, mm. get some protection and then fucking shoot the twat that's been like stalking you for weeks. Even if you shoot him in the kneecap so he can't chase you. Like if you don't want to shoot him in the head, fine. But oh my God, do something. Yeah. Anger. <laughs> yeah. I get. I guess when she's like in a state of panic and she's got someone else to look after as well. Admittedly, she doesn't really look after them that well because <laughs> she's dead in like five seconds later. But yeah. like, I suppose when you're in a state that you just want to run, you just want to get away. They probably, mm. she probably wasn't thinking at that point. But you're right. Like they had a gun. There was things there. There was probably like a police, not a pager, but a police like like a radio, radio. Yeah, but yeah, maybe it wasn't working because the car was fucked. I was going to say, or maybe it wasn't working because they needed to not trace, like, be undercover, so to speak. Oh, yeah. If you could, like, trace their radio signal or something. That's true. But Sydney runs away and she runs back to the auditorium. Would you go back? Would you go back to the school or college? Well, she hears music, doesn't she? So she tells people inside. Maybe she feels at home because obviously she was, you know, in the play before she obviously wanted to do acting she was in the show we've also forgotten after sydney went off her boyfriend was whisked away by some masked men um, yeah and he was yeah. technically in derek the... yes he, he was... was a bit tied yeah. up all evening yeah he was tied up what was his punishment told off to have beer poured down his pants Although, yeah. didn't they carve the like and the Greek letters into his chest as well? That was fucking brutal. This is the side of fraternities well, and things that I don't like. This is what I get confused about. Like that's horrible. Yeah, surely that's not real. But actually, I think unfortunately, I think you do hear some stories about fraternities like that have had to be shut down. Probably not because of shit like that, but from like the hazing side gets like goes way too far. It's fucking weird. Yeah, I don't get it. Still, we're still asking if I mean, anyone's been in a sorry. You could fuck please. a pig. Was that was that a fraternity thing? Yeah. I didn't I couldn't know if that was a fraternity. Oh, very own just, David uh, Cameron. Oh. Jeez, that burn £50 note in front of a homeless person. And I can't remember the other thing. Hey. I love how I love how I tell you weren't even that surprised. No, I knew about the pig, but I didn't know they had to burn 50 quid in front of a homeless person. Yep. These wow. are the people we let lead our fucking country. As I say let as if we have a fucking choice. They make it so we don't. Oh, yeah. political. Oh. <laughs> um, but no, you're right, Charlie. Yeah. So he goes through a bit of a hazing thing because he got told off because he gave his Greek letters. 
to Sydney. And I remember earlier, Haley says that it's such a big deal that he, that he gave his letters to Sydney. It's like this mm. big romantic gesture, which I don't really get, but obviously it I don't is. Get it. But yeah, so Sydney goes back because obviously, as I said before, she was in this play because she thinks she sees Ghostface previously and she's not sure whether to do it or not, but she comes back and she finds Derek. She finds him tied up. But he, you do think, I, I, I think when I first watched this, I was like, is he dead? Like, is has he been killed? Because he did have, like we said earlier, like with the cuts and the blood. Mm. But like, what actually happened to him? Also, why'd they put him there? Like he was at a party. Why was he bought? Like, it's really random that he's now in the auditorium. Yeah. It's a bit of a I don't know why, but he seems like, uh, I think we covered this last time, that Sydney was, like, the final girl, like, virgin or pure in that. And I was thinking, like, he's actually kind of a male equivalent. I know he's, like, super nice in that. But, like, he just seems, like, so innocent. Like, I don't know. I still were just like, him. nah, he is not Ghostface. Yeah, I, I wasn't convinced. I was thinking it's more the other guy because he's a fucking arsehole. Like, he seemed more of an arsehole than this one. I just wasn't sold on him. He's like, like whether he's ghost face or not, like, he's not good enough for Sydney. Sydney's better. <laughs> but Sydney does try and untie him and tries to rescue him from his hazing. Um, but then Ghostface is like, oh, hey, bitches, I'm here. And he drops the voice. He does, and he reveals himself to be <gasps> Nikki. <gasps> I watched this so like for the first time so long ago, but I don't. I didn't seem to ever remember expecting it to be him. I think it's really? because he was in last in the film like forty five minutes before, so yeah, he wasn't really on. relevant. Whereas, but whereas if you compare it to Billy and Stu, they were consistently in the film. Whereas Mickey was a bit more. I mean, he was up to it a pointless character so there obviously was a reason for him but I don't know I didn't I didn't suss it out when I first watched it I think they treated it as if uh, I can't remember which one which one supposedly died in the first one is it Billy yes Billy Billy and Sue died died. yeah so uh, I meant like the fake die yeah so I was thinking maybe they've treated it because like you think he's dead because he's not on the screen anymore I'm thinking maybe because this guy hasn't been on the screen for a while. That's how they're treating it, to throw you off. And obviously they throw you in all these other ones, like the camera guy, the so-and-so guy. But I did find it weird how that he wasn't actually that in the film that much. Not at all. And then, at all. Yeah, and then obviously they go and play it off as what they did in the final one, where it was between Randy and Stu, wasn't it? as to who was the murderer and now they're back in that situation again and I thought that was really cool yeah because Mickey starts like tries to play it off as if oh you know thanks for leaving me this whole evening to Derek and Derek's like what the fuck are you talking about yeah and um yeah you can tell Mickey's like boyfriend killer boyfriend killer boyfriend killer <laughs> and he's like trying to yeah suss it out. and poor Sydney man like more mind games like what the fuck is she supposed to do in this situation like yeah you're doomed if you do you're doomed if you don't like oh 100 percent. but in the end ghostface shoots derek because well because sydney doesn't know what to do so she doesn't untie derek she doesn't fully trust him because how can you so mickey shoots him and then obviously that's when sydney realizes that it wasn't derek i i did find it think this so i think i mentioned it to katie um 
whilst we were having a little break, that I don't understand why they don't just keep going with the knives. I know it's more efficient to go for a gun, but if you're going to go for like the full thing, but they did it in the first film as well, and I was thinking, nah, nah. Well, I guess I can't do it again. I guess for Derek's specific death, he couldn't have walked up and stabbed him because then it would have given Sydney time to realise what was going on. Whereas if he shoots him, then it's a sudden thing. You know, like it doesn't give Sydney a chance to know that Derek's innocent. It should have just been like a circus act where they just threw the knife and hit him straight in the heart. <laughs> yeah. Slit his throat or something. Well, we know from earlier he's got bloody good aim. He could have just thrown it and hit him straight in the ear, apparently. <laughs> so... Yeah. But just before that, because we don't really know why Nikki's doing this, mm. um, and he says that he wants to be arrested, so he's different from Billy and Stu. He doesn't want to get away with it um, because he wants to be able to blame the violence in movies when he goes to trial. And obviously he was talking about this towards the beginning with Randy about films, about how they can affect whatever. But I love this film, but just the way he's like, I'll blame the movies... I do get what was happening, but I thought it was a, t- a little bit of a weak reason to become a killer, I must admit. Um, at the time, there was uh, a massive amount of... You've probably seen the interview, but with Marilyn Manson, um, this was early 90s, I think, where they were bl- blaming Ma- Manson and Goffs on like all these murders and suicide, like all these like, bad behaviour and things, and blaming it on the music and that culture. And I think this is sort of spinning off that because at the time it was things uh, like video games when they were starting to really sort of come into their own and they were getting blamed for everything. And like, it's always, there's always something for each generation. Like I remember there being a game called Bully coming out, maybe 2005, 2006, uh, secondary school sort of era. And everyone started blaming loads of violence in schools on that game. And then it was GTA got blamed for for this and there's always been something within each generation that's always been blamed and I think around that time it was movies and and pop culture and and things like that I, yeah I do get that completely and I know a lot of horror films have been blamed for a lot of horrible things that have happened in real life which is a whole other argument so yeah no completely but I just think because of like this deep reason and like all these things that were happening in the first one it was such a um, drawn out reason like why Billy got involved and you know and then why Stu yeah. got involved with him and I just thought like it, it was, was like a bit anticlimactic I think as well if he's if he's willing to kill and he's like you know he's a psychopath willing to go around and be a serial killer but he's also planned that his excuse is going to be I'm going to blame it on the movies then actually you're of sound mind because you've already got you've already got your alibi you've already got your reason your excuse which means you've already planned out everything, which means you're of sound mind and therefore a very, I can't remember the I, word, a very organised killer. Very, yeah, I wouldn't say you're of, <laughs> I don't think you're a, a sound mind if you're planning on murdering countless people. No, but you can't. You can, claim get, you can get a lesser sentence if you claim, like, um, insanity. Yeah, if he's trying to be like, it wasn't my fault, the, the films, you know, they influenced me. and Or, or not a lesser sentence, but you get, yeah. you know, you, well, you maybe... go into an asylum. Yeah, but there was like um, different people who've done it and they're like, oh, they shouldn't be to blame. In fact, yeah, we're going to turn around and blame pop culture and we're going to blame movies and things. So if he's already mm. planning that, actually it makes him a worse psychopath 
because he's already mm. got his alibi essentially yeah. it's the same yeah. like like when murderers start screaming while they're doing the murdering because then if anyone overhears it makes them sound like the victims like actually that's foresight and that's planning yeah and if you complete insanity then it it gives the jurors or it gives them some sort of indication that he didn't mean to do it or that he wasn't of sound mind when he was doing it so if he was of sound mind he wouldn't have necessarily done that so it's giving him that that reason that actually he he was completely (laughs) planning it this entire time (laughs) <laughs> but yeah no so I don't know I just thought there was some bit I don't know maybe it was just Weak. a little bit underwhelming I was gonna say those uh those Christian parents were right about Marilyn Manson in the end anyway so uh yeah that's true maybe maybe oh, it all does all come down to trusting your gut sometimes oh, well yeah <laughs> who, who fucking knows um <laughs> um but yeah, that is when he introduces his accomplice. And who walks through the door? Gal Weathers. That's the problem. She, she shakes her head. First. Yeah, she walks in first and is like, no. So it's not me, no. it's not me. No, don't don't no. stab me. Don't shoot me. Yeah, because they're obviously on a stage as well. And it's only like prop walls, but between them all. Mm. So she can obviously hear what's going on. So she's obviously like, no, it's not, it's not. And then steps out. My protection! Debbie Salt. Debbie Salt. Is that like a play on the fact that she's um salty salty and you got gail weathers who's like haha i will bring the weather the storm but the only thing that gets rid of like snow is salt haha <laughs> oh oh my gosh Hell, you're just a pretty face are you or maybe she is just salty maybe it's uh, <laughs> just that simple <laughs> i was just thinking of veruca salt from um what's it called Charlie yeah i was as factory. Well. But then I'm thinking, to be fair, wants to get her own way and will do anything to get her own way. Well, so we, I guess if we sort of look back at it, she has been like plotted in the film and she has like those arguments with Gail Weathers throughout the film. But mm. obviously she's hiding herself from Sydney because Sydney recognises her as Mrs Loomis, Billy's mummy. Like straight away yes. as well, yeah. Didn't they say that she's lost weight or something? And there oh, was yeah. like... <laughs> yeah yeah like a face it was like i don't know like 30 pounds less or something and a face yeah, yeah. Or something like that <laughs> and also mickey says that mrs loomis paid for his tuition fee so and then so that mickey could that just apparently that, that was a thing. thing why would you want to go and get a degree and be like oh it's cool it's been paid for if your plan was to get arrested what's a degree going to do in prison I'm thinking prison where he's going he's going away for life not prison where actually you can get out and improve your life well yeah exactly like (laughs) there yeah there's not a world in which he wouldn't be locked up yeah (laughs) especially since he's confessing (laughs) yeah it's mad it's weird I don't know (laughs) Mickey's a complicated guy yeah just a bit (laughs) um yeah but yeah and she's not a happy mummy why is it now like in horrors it's either the boyfriend <laughs> or the mother like i know the mummy or daddy yeah <laughs> but she's i mean she's delusional she's like you killed my son which is true technically true <laughs> <laughs> but it was self-defense uh, his son was aggressive <laughs> 
Yeah. Also, she abandoned her son. Like, she hasn't got a fucking leg to stand on. Exactly. exactly. Like, you don't get to come in now that he's been killed and play the good mum. Like, fuck off. Like, yes, you get to grieve. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck get... that was. No. Ugh. What did you think of this twist? I, I, I've always liked it. I've always thought it was quite fun. I do kind of like it. I do like the fact that, like, obviously... Yeah, I think as Charlie said, like she predicted it was the reporter. I think I was still just, um, I still thought it was the boyfriend. Even when he was killed, I was like, well, that's harsh to turn on your partner. <laughs> you got such a problem with Derek. <laughs> I just don't like him. Um, I don't like him. I don't trust him. And yeah, he broke bro, bro code. He broke, broke boyfriend code. He broke it all. Uh, <laughs> so I kind of like the twist that, yeah, this reporter comes in and then there's an added twist that actually... She's obviously a lot closer to the story than we even thought she was. But it is, yeah, it's quite a good twist. But I still just don't yeah. really understand Mikey. <laughs> Mickey. Mickey, yeah. shit. I still don't really understand Mickey. <laughs> well, you don't really don't understand him because you called him Mikey. <laughs> fucking who? Who? Why are you relevant? You're not important, go away. <laughs> I don't know him. You don't even go here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Mickey. Charlie, what did you think about the twist? Yeah, it was nice. I mean, as I said, like that was my prediction the whole way through, just because she stood out to me as like a, a really awkward character, just uh, always having like this confrontation with um, Gail. And like she was always just there on the scene straight away. It was just like a lot of things adding up. But yeah, no, I like the twist. It was nice to um, have sort of like a backstory behind her. Um, although like the fact that she had lost 30 pounds and all of this, like Hyder from um, Sydney. Yeah, I don't know. It was a bit elaborate, but it, it was strong and it, it is strengths and weaknesses, really. And then the other guy, like again, like he was one of my predictions at one point. So yeah, just got it. I didn't cool. stick to my gut with that one. But Mrs. Loomis then just completely betrays Mickey and shoots him. And it's yeah. like, but then in the process of him being shot, he does shoot Gail as well in the yes. stomach. And you're like, what the fuck? It's like and a then double she's shooting like, going on. Yeah. And then she goes, two beds, one stone. Mm, and yeah. It's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> but she's fucking great. Like, she is proper loopy, isn't she? Yeah, she is. And then, like, she starts chasing Sydney around and I quite like um, the idea of a horror film in like a theatre because there's moments, so many things you can use like Sydney starts cutting down all these like, the yeah. ropes and, and all these things it was quite a cool way of using the um, auditorium to, yeah. um, to add into the film which was quite cool but yeah she's I, crazy like she's like screaming and yeah like even like the way she looks but also what I did really love as well is that we've got a final girl versus like a final female villain mm. like it's great yeah oh my god this is sick yeah I didn't think about that That's that was like cool. really cool because it just got rid of like the male element to it like the, the guy um obviously we, we've got rid of Courtney Cox by this bit because she's fallen down the stairs she's done a Jane McCollins um and then yeah, we've we've got these two quite strong characters because then you're thinking, wait, which one of the murders has she done? Because obviously they take it in turns. Yeah. Like she's got to be hella strong for like some shit. Like, yeah, that is what I quite like doing in screen films: figuring out who did what. Like in the first mm. one, like which ones did Billy do? Which ones did Stu do? Like which ones which? 
so yeah it does make you think look back and think oh which ones was she actually doing mm. Mm. but yeah they kind of like well she chases after Sydney for a while and then Cotton turns up our favorite guy and then I was like oh my god is there like a third one like just to throw into the <laughs> mix like yeah. yeah I know yeah now as I say I'm definitely going to point out that uh Mrs. Loomis definitely did the girl off the balcony because she was right there for the news report straight after. Yeah, this is yeah. a thing. Like a few of the ones where they are straight, where like the um, nice. Uh, what's his name? What's his name in the car? Randy. Another one. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah, because she's around she the also, news reports, I guess. Also, they were looking also, for a white male. Yeah. So they wouldn't have even looked to her. Yeah. But guys, uh, I mean, Cotton turns up. Did you expect Cotton to, no. what is to be here? No, what is he doing there? <laughs> Who's he following around? Why is he what he's doing? <laughs> I think he's trying to follow Sydney again. I think um, I might have got this wrong, but doesn't he say, oh, I saw you walk in and like, or, or maybe he doesn't, but I bet he was probably following Sydney again, asking her for that famous Diane Sawyer interview. Mm. You know, obviously really wanted it. Um, but yeah, so but then Mrs. Loomis is, tries to convince Cotton to get on her side. Like, think of all the shit she's put you through. And Cotton mm. starts, he does think about it. So he is a, he's a little shit. He does start to think about it. Because she's holding a knife to Sydney's throat and she's like, you know, think about all the shit that's happened. It could all go away if I just shot her right now. I can't remember what else she says, but she does try to convince him. But it all comes down to the Diane Sawyer interview. <laughs> He's like, will you do it? And she's like, consider it done. And then shoots the bitch. Yeah. I'm also thinking like she's like, surely he's noticed there's an extra pair of legs underneath uh, over there that's been killed. Like he's, he's got to be clocking on to some shit. Like. Yeah. But yes, she gets shot. Then... He does. Oh my god, I fucking love this bit with Gal Weathers where she sticks her hand up out of the smoke. And it's yeah. like, a, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> and then she, she pops up. Yeah, she pops up. And then, yeah. and then we've got another resurrection as well. We've, we've got a fucking thingy. Nikki like, in the background. Yeah. Like, that's, all yeah. right, guys, we're not doing Evil Dead or whatever. Like, <laughs> or whatever it is, Night of Living in the Dead, like Dev Dead. I don't know, I know. Well, Billy did that in the first one. Like, he then made them jump again. And so it's like one of those yeah. rules of horror where they always come back for a final Double scare. Tap. Double mm. tap. Because they were so focused on Mrs. Loomis thinking, like, well, she looked very dead, but they were thinking she was going to come back. And they completely forgot about the one. Yeah, that she'd shot earlier. Yeah. Here's one that Here's I, one shot I shot earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then obviously... <laughs> and then they double tap him and then they double tap Mrs. Lunis and goes, yeah. just in case. Straight in yeah, the forehead. I love, that. love it. Love it. Yeah. And you, you, you see how much Sydney's like changed from the first film as well. She's like so much more like fuck this shit I'm yeah. not taking this shit anymore because, because Cotton as well he's like should we discuss this like should, like yeah. obviously because he's processing that he's just shot someone and yeah there they are just shooting people away with like without a care in the world 
Like, yeah, Fucking no hell. shits given. Yeah, <laughs> Sydney and Gail have been through too much to. But they don't care. They are strong women. They, they just yeah, they're strong women. There are yeah. a lot of strong women in this. I never really there thought is. about it. Even like the mate, like she's fucking strong. She, yeah. I mean, again, we had that last time with Tatum. Um, yeah, but yeah, she she, she attracts strong women, good yeah, and bad. She does. And then obviously, um, like for the next day, they're clearing up the the place, and then, um, what's his name? Uh, what's her name? Galweather's cameraman comes back and was like, "Look, look, I'm ready to do your story." Like she's obviously just come out from like being cleaned up and that. Obviously, America, so you don't want to have to pay for your uh, your whiz <laughs> off to hospital. Um, and then they set up to do an interview quickly, and then <gasps> there's a survivor. He's breathing. He's breathing. Do And this bit, I was just like, "Oh my god, Gail, you have a heart." And she gets in the ambulance. Yeah, she chose him. <laughs> She's like, "I'm coming with you," and like gets. Yeah, it's so cute. And now, oh. and we finally get our 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 couple. Yes, how a couple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so good. And then obviously all the media and everyone are coming up to Sydney and Sydney's like, no, Cotton's the one that saved the day and Cotton get, does also get his happy ending where every single person is asking to speak to him and that's what he wanted and Sydney does but not fucking want any part of that. So The best bit is he gives him the, his card to contact him. Obviously he's trying to pick the best interview out of all that are like, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. He's playing. I won't say anything, like, oh. but here's my card. You can contact me yeah. and I'll yeah. discuss things, matter. Like, obviously, he wants to get paid, like, once everything. Yeah. He's, He's probably fucking it. knackered as well. He's like, I, I will discuss when I look better, when I have composed myself. Well, he <laughs> uh, looks all I right think, I think he knows what that. he's doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's planned this. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, so. Not for this situation, but he's obviously planned it for. Yeah. Let's face it. If Sydney yeah. and he's like, a down payment on a house she could just be like i'll do one interview and that's it she'll get like 30 grands no problem Oprah, <laughs> yeah but they they ended up having a sort of weird relationship obviously cotton did sort of sleep with sydney's mum but we found out it was consensual and and she kind of like resented him for that as well and then obviously with the whole <laughs> the murder thing like it was just they have a very weird relationship and i kind of like how it how the film ended with those two kind of just not being existing. best mates but just yeah just acknowledging each other and being like yeah this is this is fine and walking you know like it, it it didn't end badly it didn't end good it just was done so I quite like that yeah they're literally together from like shit situations so they just have to deal yeah and like Gail Weathers and and Thingy as well they they've been in two lots of murder homicides now so Sydney even says at the beginning like be nice to her like she did save our lives so it is that kind of like mutual respect of like, okay, we yeah. don't agree with everything, everything she's done, but actually she did fucking save us. So. Yeah, mm. like in this film, they're not going to be besties, but they can at least respect each other. And mm. yeah, because they've both got, they've all gone through this like shit thing together. So, mm. and but yeah, and then it obviously then pans out to Sydney sort of walking away. I mean, don't know where the fuck she's going, but I don't like that she's just like walked away by herself, but she's got this. I kind of wish she'd gone with Dewey because like she she and him are really good friends now and as we said earlier they've got that kind of like connection so yeah yeah because actually Gail Weathers dicked by him is she 
she's not getting dicked by him but actually if anything that's more important they've got like a completely different relationship that's daddy dewey and daddy dewey <laughs> and gail but they could break up whereas actually like him and sydney are, are good but they're there for each other maybe maybe she doesn't want to go with him only because she's already seen his sister yeah, die done. and doesn't want to see him well, because he has been stabbed to, to yeah. just once or twice yeah. Also, I cannot believe we we nearly got through this episode without mentioning any daddies, and you guys have fucked it because in, in our in first there. episode we did not have any daddy shit. Any daddies? Dad- we've come back to it. Daddies came later. <laughs> the, the the yeah. I mean, daddy energy slipped Stop. in just like Dewey slipped into girl. So <laughs> bit disappointed. And on that nice face. note. <laughs> The end. The end. It was a happy ending for all involved. Well, <laughs> apart from Billy's mum. Apart from Billy's mum and the other guy. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Ta- Charlie, have you got a lot to say on the soundtrack? Yep. So score again. We are back with Marco Bellatrimi, uh, who did the score for Scream One, and it turns out he did the score for Scream Two, Scream Three. And screen four. Um, again, he just uses the same orca- uh, orchestra as before as well. Um, he's got a very distinctive style, which I think works for this because sometimes you'll get um, like a composer doing a score for one movie, then uh, they'll do like a sequel, uh, and then they'll use a completely different composer and they'll try and mimic what was happening in the first one, but it's not as great or doesn't like quite match up and sounds too different um but yeah they use the same composer again which is great um and then the soundtrack to it i didn't feel was as iconic as the original movie the um just scream um we had and also like uh what we had before was how uh comical some of the tracks were on the that were used before um, but this time we like we've got uh, let me have a look um, take away the fear um, performed by uh, Jessica Craven and Michael Mancini 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 um, we've got another track your lucky day in hell uh, performed by Ills um, we've got a scream. Um, which was uh, performed by Master P featuring Silk for Shocker. Um, right Place, Wrong Time, again, like it, we do have that sort of comical feeling from the, the title tracks, but there's just nothing quite as good as what we had before. But we do have um, a couple of tracks composed by Hans Zimmer in there as well, which I think I mentioned uh it might have been Scream 1, but there was like a somewhat a, I mean, Hans Zimmery feel to, to the, um, the tracks, which probably sounds weird. But like, if you listen to something that Hans Zimmer's composed, you know exactly where it's come from. And yeah, you can pinpoint it straight away. So it's interesting that they've actually got um, some tracks composed by him in there. Um, but yeah, we had a few Fighters song and we also had a Less Than Jake song as well, which Tell was thinking of you at the time. 
um, for both of them. But yeah, nothing really as iconic as what we saw in the previous soundtrack, I'm afraid. I do like the Cottonmouth Kings um, bit uh, when the rap, uh, when the, the youths are walking Youth. past and they're playing that. I quite yes. like the difference between the song that's playing and then like yeah, rap yeah. like <laughs> murdered. I thought that was quite cool. <laughs> Shanked. So tell, um, I know that we, that a lot of the film involves just a ghost face mask, um, but there were a lot more elements in the film that were a lot more gory than in the first one. Mm. Like what we see with the detectives, like that was quite out of place gory almost. Um, but do you, like, do you have any more notes or is it generally just kind of what we, we were covering in the plot? Pretty much what we were covering. I'm a bit of a letdown this week. Um, in the first film, it was like the KNB team that we've seen in a few films. Can confirm that it was in fact KNB EFX who did indeed do the makeup again on Scream 2. So I like the fact they did bring the music and the makeup back. Mm. I like the fact they did bring them back to do Scream 2. Um, and the characters. And the characters. Basically, everyone just went, who wants to read yeah. <laughs> We're going to get back together. You'll all get paid. Um, so as we said, like it is all masks, but I do like that they up the gore. I do think that adds something. Um, but yeah, even things like the scars on his body when they do like the Greek symbols, I think it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's all I've really got to add is it was the same makeup team. I can't really find anything behind the scenes, but I just wanted to give our lovely Howard Berger another shout out. I think... <laughs> If we ever make it big, we have given that man so much advertising. <laughs> he doesn't really need it. He's way bigger than we'll ever be. But yeah, we are loving on Mr. Howard once again. <laughs> so lads, would we survive? Scream 2. Chantelle, I'm coming to you first. I'm trying to remember whether or not I said I'd survive Scream 1. So I don't even know if I'd got to this point or not. Um, <laughs> I think I said I would if it was like all three of us and we knew there was two killers. I think our problem was that you don't know that there's two of them. Actually, this time I might say I wouldn't because I think I spent the entire time just hating on the boyfriend. So I'm going to be like avoiding the wrong person, hating the wrong person, killing the wrong person or defending myself when actually it was someone completely different. Like I think I was just way off the mark of who the second killer was. So I'm going to say on the pure basis that everyone was a suspect except for the, you know, the people it should have been. Well, yeah, everyone in this movie is a suspect. Um, but yeah, I was like pinning it on the boyfriend and the cameraman for half of it. So what the fuck do I know? Uh, what about you, Katie? I don't think I survived in the first one, so I wouldn't be around for this one. Oh, <laughs> easy cop out. Cop out. If, yeah. if you had but made it here. I'd give it a good go. It's hard with flashes, isn't it? You just have to get your cardio up and run and, I don't know, just try it. Try. I would try my hardest. But if I had a good hiding spot, I mean, he is, I think this is the thing, he is, or he or she, they are only human. It's not this otherworldly thing. It's not Freddy Krueger. It's not a Jason or these, some of these fucking people that just constantly live. Yeah. It is someone that has faults and balls and can die. So I don't know if I like outsmarted them some way, then maybe, but I feel like I would just panic and run. I'd probably run, run in the wrong direction and knock myself out or something. So 
I probably do half their job for them. What about you, Charlie? I don't know, which normally yeah. means I'm dead. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I'm not surviving this. I've got no reason to not survive. But, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm saying that, I've got my predictions right with one of them. And I did suspect the other one. And he was also on my predictions at one point. So I've got, like, I'd say, like, I don't know, a third chance of surviving. Like, this is it. If it was us three versus two people in a showdown... Like I think we're like we've got a good no. chance. No, because it'd be like three. Oh, I can use Katie as a shield because Katie's just going to die straight away. Tell your three versus two. <laughs> I'll get your brother involved. That's four. So four versus two. Uh, but like, if again, if you knew there were two and you could see them, as Katie says, they're people. But I think that's the problem is that you've got to get to the showdown, and by that point, you could have been killed by fucking anyone, and like how like you don't know who it's going to be, and that's why it's really could have been slotted in a cinema. I will say this, I will not be used as a shield. I, I well, wouldn't let you. I'll fight you to that one. <laughs> no, you can't turn on each other. We're supposed to be working together to kill the killers. How do you know that I'm not Ghostface? Oh, like, hey, oh well, that's easy. Face. I can outrun you. You got asthma. Oh, you're all right. All right. <laughs> I thought you were going to come up with something a bit harsher than that, but I'll settle for that one. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think she was going to say? <laughs> you're too fat. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I beat you at that. You, yeah. you fucking fatty. <laughs> oh, it's right. Like Tell just distance. States anyway. Exactly. I mean, you might kill me while I'm putting them on, but <laughs> you might break your neck first. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, guys, on that note, how many spooks are we rating Scream Two out of five? I'm going to ask. Charlie, you always ask me first. Would you like me to ask Tell? She asked me yes, first. Last, she asked me first last week, bitch. Yeah, because I wasn't here. <laughs> I know that was the joke. <laughs> would you count. like me to ask Chantel first? Yes, please. Or ask okay. yourself. Okay, Katie. How many spooks are you rating it out of five? Oh, Katie. Um, <laughs> I will give it. <laughs> I am going to rate it. Four spooks out of five. I don't think it it's as good as the original, but I still think it has all of those fun um, elements in there that I love about the original and I love about Scream. I think it's very self-aware. It's it's funny in parts. It's got great characters. And the only bit I wasn't the biggest fan of was the whole Mickey thing. But then even that, like I did un- understand where they were coming from. I yeah, I really like this film, so it's a four for me. Tell, what about you? Being as Charlie doesn't want to say next. Uh, I'm gonna give it a three point five. Um, I really enjoyed the first one. This one, I don't think, like, it's hard because in some ways it really did kind of catch that it was a sequel and it took the piss out of itself. But in other ways, I think in the typical sequel way, it just didn't kind of live up to the first one. And it was in the typical. And again, there was a few scenes I think they just could have done without, which in typical me fashion just made it slightly too long for me to give a shit in certain points. But I do like the twist, so I'm going with 3.5. Charlie, your time has so come. I was thinking, so Katie, you scored Scream 1, 5 out of 5. 
Chartel, you scored Scream one five out of five. You've dropped it by one and a half points, Tell, mm-hmm. for this one. Katie's dropped it by one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to score a three out of five. It was good. It was funny. It was suspenseful. It was anxiety <laughs> making. Ridden. Ridden. Um, however, it missed a mark on a few things like Mickey and just a few plot holes, really. And oh my God, tell, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I agree with you with the length. There was just things that just fucked me. I mean, you did say to this you is three a miraculous an agreement. <laughs> You did say it took you three and a half hours to watch it. Yeah, but even that, I was thinking, this doesn't need to be in there. Mm. Like, it's just too much, some of it. Again, I think they were just having a jolly old good reunion and they just like, oh, let's do this, it'll be funny. And it just ended up with some scenes where you're like, what? (laughs) Yeah, it's like the the intro and then we had a scene with like Sarah Michelle Gellar and then it was like something else. I'm just like, mate, just... Fucking hurry up. Like we got like half hour into the movie and there'd only been like barely like one kill or something. And then we would only just got on to Sir Michelle Geller and I'm like, oh my god, can we just can we just can we just kill like, people already? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. <clears throat> that was our anniversary episode. Really? Yay! <laughs> I'm sick. I can't go out. <laughs> Um, that was our anniversary episode of Scream 2 and also our first episode of 2022. New year, new but ask, hey guys. <laughs> I know, but hey guys, we've been doing this a year, so congrats. Yeah. We should know what we're doing by now, but do we? No. Well, um, I think we look fuck. at how well we've come from this episode to our first episode where we didn't have a fucking clue. We had to record it more than once because I fucked up. Like, oh, yeah. little things... That we've learned from, and here we are now. On our mad adventure. But thank you to anyone who has stuck with us or joined us along the way or is joining us now. Uh, we love you all. Uh, we'll or be in back the future. In, or in the future. Uh, we'll be back again in a couple of weeks, but check us out on all the socials to see what we're up to. Until then, bye. Bye. Don't die. I have nothing <laughs> witty to say. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's nice to say don't don't die again. <laughs> it's the anniversary of don't die, guys. Woo! Yes. <laughs>